I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. April, I heard that you like to, when people say your name in a different way, so I'm going to... A when did you hear bull. this? You said this on the podcast recently. Oh, the one like a week ago or something. With the cadence of April, the deepness of it all is fucking sexy. Amy. All right. Anyways, we're here to talk about sexual confidence and full body orgasms for penis owners, particularly for uh, penis owners who are vulva admirers. But this will probably apply to any penis owner or actually cock uh, bear. Cock bear. That's what she said. And I was like, reminds me of someone, the ring bearer and during during a wedding. But fun episode with repeat guest Fabienne Anique. She's wonderful. She's a dear friend of ours. She does a lot of work with all kinds of humans and does a lot of work, especially with penis owning individuals. So we're going to do this a little differently today. We're just going to dive on into a sex question. Are you ready for that? What do we usually do before We that? talk a little bit, you know, t- maybe a testimony or whatever, but we're going sex question ASAP. Are you All ready? Right, let's do it. It's a short one. I oh. read it already. Okay, cool. So she knows what we're in for. I am in my 30s and I have not yet married or been in a long-term relationship because I am afraid my penis is too thin and small. It's about five inches when erect, but thin. Should I get surgery before finding a relationship? Okay, I have a question about this. Yes. So there are surgeries and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking because I have no idea about this. There are surgeries you can do to make your penis bigger like are there surgeries honestly i do not know the answer to okay this. my my answer is going to be no don't get surgery but of course but not I, me too yeah i i didn't like i surgeries to make so i yeah so well okay we un- understand that there are there's all kinds of pelvic floor reconstruction surgeries based on you know, cancer patients maybe transgendered folks people have had trauma uh there's a lot of, so that where bits can be shifted and oriented um and there's all a lot of things about like lengthening and but i've never heard of a surgery about adding more girth and honestly when i think of sex like five inches is my understanding of average i i use a broad scale uh four to six inches hard as an average in length and so this person would fall in there thin i don't know what you're talking about what thin means to you and my guess is also you are well you said married so you're probably interested in having sex with pussies generally it's more in my opinion the motion in the ocean so what you do with it and girth does maybe have something to do with it for some people and all pussies are different right Wait, penis owners can marry each other totally 100 percent. i just was making an assumption but with this person being so concerned about their penis size and not being able to enter into marriage or relationship until their penis was right well, regardless of whatever your status is i don't think you need to get surgery i don't know what surgery is available for you five inches in my opinion fits in the average of length and if you're really concerned 
two ideas, uh, and April probably has something to share. Number one, there is something called the Bathmate pump, which is a water pump. So you think of cock pumps, and most of them are air. The Bathmate pump is actually something that you fill with water, you put it on your cock, you only suction it like twice. It hangs out there for like 10 to 15 minutes while you're taking a shower, and it literally works with the spongy tissue of your cock to make things more thicker, more engorged, maybe even a little longer, but definitely on the thickness part. I've had multiple guy friends use it and say, yeah, that actually works, whereas regular air pump they kind of make you thicker or feel bigger in the moment when you're using it. When you take it off, things, you know, gravity sets in. So that's something, if you're concerned with that, that you can try. And we have them at purepleasureshop.com. Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX. You get 15% off. The other thing I would say is learn just skills. Learn presence. Learn how to touch the body of the human, the gender, the bits that you're interested in. And in, in terms of your hands, your mouth, your entire body and how to use your cock to pleasure them. And they're unique, right? Everyone is unique. And just referring to Kenneth Play, who will be on our podcast again at the end of this month to talk about anal. And then we just did the sex hacker episode with him. He has so many great, because he was like, my cock's not that big. It's, you know, it's average. And so he did a lot of work around that. Well, the 2020 averages in the United States for penis sizes are between 5.1 to 5.5 inches, and Mm. that's one erect. So you're pretty much within, and 95% of folks out there are within that range, girth-wise. So, and I think they were speaking, or this penis owner was speaking to uh, the thinness, and on that, there's like a three-inch or four-inch for erect penises, and I don't really recall ever, myself, ever having sex with a person but the most of the penises i've had sex with have been average size and i don't remember a four inch girth penis ever so i'm like really that's a lot of girth that sounds like a like are we talking some sort of like this is what when it comes to the average it's 3.66 for a flaccid and 4.59 for an erect so i don't know about the research here which doing like diameter circumference (laughs) because that sounds i know personally we're gonna have to do some more research however there most of the folks out there that's I'm I, holding up fingers looking no at way. four inches right now and my pussy is like mm, I don't think so that's like looks like it feels like fisting but that's my pussy not shaming any really thick long cocks you know or thick short cocks or all the shapes and sizes of cocks well, my only I'm only bringing this up in reference to feeling like you're not good enough or that your penis is a way that you would need to get surgery and I would suggest even if there are surgeries out there and available, it's just like when folks want to get vulva vaginal rejuvenation. Yes. Or they yeah. want to get surgery to uh, make the labia, labia. It's symmetrical right. because porn though, because porn right. shows you this is how big a cock should look or what it should look like. This is what labia should look like. And that's not realistic. You know, the imagery that we're seeing is not realistic. So if you're comparing yourself to that and thinking, I need to change my body because of that. Like, yes, there are people that get surgeries because things do shift in their body that are traumatic. But to think that, you know, your five inch cock, maybe that's on the thinner side, isn't enough. Honestly, like just learn a lot of skills well, and be a great lover. You can probably do a lot with it. Remember that a surgery may actually inhibit nerve endings Cause and more do trauma. damage yeah. to you that you won't be able to reverse after it's done. So if there are surgeries available, I would suggest finding a lot of other avenues for pleasure, delivering pleasure with 
with a partner. And I will say one thing to you, and I don't know, it doesn't even matter what your sexual orientation is, but in terms of anal sex, thin cocks oh, yeah. are fucking awesome. Yeah, totally. When it, so, like The dildos hi. that we sell for anal, for especially beginner anal play, they're usually tapered or thinner and not like these well, thick, Well, that was the first thing ones. that came up for me when I read this. I was like, like perfect oh, for anal. Perfect for <laughs> anal. You know, that, and that's really fun because the girth is sometimes the hardest thing to really no take on when you're, when, when you're having anal. So something to consider, of course, if there's a consent individual involved on the other end of that receiving part and if that's something that you're interested in learning about we have lots of episodes on anal and how to do that right however the limiting beliefs that you shouldn't be married or be in a long-term relationship because you're afraid of your penis is so i think that listen to this episode fabienne and what she has to offer as well just about mirror gazing and and really shifting the beliefs about your yeah. worthiness are really important and and go back to Kenneth Play's sex hacker episode because he had the, you know the same limit similar limiting belief and then he was just like if i just learned how to be a really fantastic lover and really embody my my sexual being and th- then it's just fine and guess what he has a lot of really great sex so yes thank you for the question and i'm sure a lot of people can relate and porn and like walking in a sex shop you see all those dildos and all of them are like seven or eight inches and super girthy. And you're like, mine's different than that. That's because it's sex toys. You know, that's that's for and profit. When we worked at Pure Pleasure, when you had the brick and mortar, we realized, I realized that most people are buying the average size dildos. Yeah. There was rarely would we sell the really big ones or the really girthy ones. It, on average, we always sold around the same size. It was around five inches and a lot of them were thin. It was fun playing a game going in there and be like, you, with your partner and they're like, so which one do you think I am? And you're like, oh shit, I'm on the spot right now. Oh, I never did that. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, you never played that game? I'm not very good at those kind of games. Oh, I'm like, I think you're that. And they're like, really? That's it? Or wow. Yeah, I'm that. I'm that with the age game too. I just think everyone's around Our 25 age? to 30. <laughs> no, no, usually I, I always I, I, I really I'm bad at it too. I'm I the don't same. care about age. So, I mean, in terms of having sex Consent, with someone, I do. Enough, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, I'm talking about, I don't care about people's age when I meet them. Yeah. And I love talking to people. And I just always assume everyone's around the same age. I'm like, oh, you're, oh, you're 18. I thought you were 40. <laughs> Looking good though. Looking good. What do you know about That's your prostate? A major yeah. compliments for an 18 year old. Well, at least maybe they act like a 40 year old. Okay. Oh. So we're going to move forward to the bio before we do just a couple announcements. Um, one is kind of like a testimonial feedback and it was long. And so I'm cutting it down um, because uh, I want to just share this. So what part of it is because we just learned an acronym that we had never heard of before. Um, so this is from someone named Kevin. They are AMAB and AMAB means a Assigned male at birth. And there's also an acronym AFAB, assigned female at birth, where we've always used cis male or cis cis female. Uh, this person, Kevin, is gender fluid. And so new terms for us, and we always love learning these things. Um, but Kevin is in a relationship with a woman. This is Kevin's words. And they are planning on having a baby um, with their wife and th- this woman. And they live in Tennessee, where abortion laws are about to get a little strict in 30 days. And they're feeling really confused, devastated, lost, and afraid about... Like, like, what about the complications? Like, what if there's a complication in the pregnancy and it's problematic for Kevin's wife's health and they don't 
have the rights to deal with this or attend to this or choose for this. And I'm sharing this again because we know y'all don't like when we get political here. We share our feelings and we're in, this is from a, a actual listener writing in, so just sharing a perspective. We're not telling you what to think or believe, but just highlighting something that is from someone uh, who listens to our podcast and their fears that they are currently feeling in this exact moment. So it's highlighting that. And uh, last, before we move on to the bio, uh, once upon a time, we did an episode. Which, what was the number, April? What was the number of that episode? It was episode number 213. And it was with guest Melissa Height. I think it had something to do with like G-spots and stuff. And uh, Melissa Height's awesome. They, Melissa, she is offering a summer self-care online course for anyone who really wants to dive deeper into boundary skills. We have, a, I mean, boundaries are hard for a lot of people. They have been hard for me. I mean, it's everything from group coaching to one-on-one to audio, et cetera. It's a really deep dive into really gaining your ultimate strength and your boundaries of your sexual sovereignty or empowerment or whatever words you like to use. Autonomy. Autonomy. And you also get $100 off if you sign up by the end of July. This is 2022. So if you're listening in like the year 2090, then awesome. That's really cool that you're still here. And There'll be you- holograms of us <laughs> presenting this information like to you. Like Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> and then disappears. Thank Beep. you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> um, if you use code SHAMELESS at checkout, you get that $100 off. The link is in the episode's description. Uh, it's a long link, so we're not going to name it here. But if you really want to do some boundary work, now is the time. Why not? It's summer. Go get double. Yeah. Link. It's higher sex education, but then you can find it through there. Ooh. All right. You ready for a bio? Yes. Fabian is a sex and intimacy coach who specializes in helping penis owners develop sexual mastery, offering them the perspective and insight of a well-studied woman with a pussy. Yeah. She guides people to use their sexual energy with integrity to get more in touch with their sexual expression. Her mission is to support others to continue to heal in order to step into a freer form of self-expression. Find out more about Fabian's work at Fabian. Anik.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with repeat guests Fabian Anik and Fabian. Did I say that right? Anik? Anik? Yeah. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I did it. Uh, our last guest, she's uh, Kate Loray. I kept calling, I just calling her Lori like it was her first name. Anyways, <laughs> and her last name is not even Lori. So, uh, and Fabian, we know personally. So, she's a dear friend of ours. And she's also a repeat guest on a very popular episode that was about semen retention and sexual mastery. Um, and Fabian does a lot of work with penis owning individuals. And you will discover more about that work. And you heard a little bit in the the bio uh, that we read before this. This one will focus more on sexual confidence for penis owning folks. Also, maybe how to have full body orgasms and how to show up as a maybe a more present, more enticing, amazing, incredible lover. But before we go into all those juicy pieces, Fabian, uh, even though you've been on our show before, can you please tell our listeners how you got to where you're today in the field of sexuality? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it started, I mean, I, when I remember being like 11 and being like, I'm going to be a sex therapist. When I grew up, um, I had my (laughs) own unfortunate, but also beautiful journey with understanding what the potential of sexual trauma and issues can look like when I was a child. Um, but my parents were extremely, extremely supportive of me, um, in my sort of healing and, uh, integration, uh, as a young person. And so I, I understood from very early on, like there's this 
thing that is so intense and so powerful and seems to be sort of pointing everybody or like uh, seems to be like the compass for just about everything in this world. Um, and then there's also this potential for trauma and there's also this potential for beauty. So from a pretty early age, I was drawn to the world of sexuality. And then uh, later on in life, I was finding that in my loverships, it was like, there was a, my natural instinct was like, well, how can, how can I help you love yourself more? Or uh, it just sort of felt like a natural part of, of uh, my sexual journey. But then I felt like, okay, this feels like a, a, a piece of my purpose, a piece of my, um, my personal meaning in this world. And yet I don't want to just have sex with everybody who I'm like, want to love themselves. <laughs> um, That's not and, what you're doing. Oh. That would take a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. might take a For long real. time. For real. Work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of lube. Yeah. It would take, take some time. Yeah. Um, lube. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I actually started working with women for, for years doing sexual trauma work, um, doing massage work and coaching with women. And then um, more and more was pointed back to working with, with men and cock-bearing people um, and just seeing how, how little there is for men in the realm of sex and sexual expansion and mastery and growth and exploration and how helpful it is for all of us when we're all sort of doing this work together. And I saw that in the realm of that, there were men supporting men um, and not a whole lot of women. There definitely are some amazing women supporting men, but I, it, it felt like, okay, this is where A, it's natural for me and B, it's needed. Mm. Oh yeah. And yeah, you're is. really great at what you do. And we're so happy to, to see you again, even though it's not in person. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this full bodied orgasm piece because I know folks out there, especially if they are owning a penis, they're like, did I ever have a full body orgasm? But What's a full body orgasm? Yeah. What, what is that? Where I'm like gyrating. Uh, so we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get there, everyone. Don't worry. Uh, also, but quick side yes, note on, yes. on penis owning. I had this funny thought just a few days ago where I'm like, you can own a penis without necessarily having it on your body. Ah. <laughs> so I've been like cock bearing. I've been like trying to think of all the different words. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I heard you say that. And I was like, that was, that's a newer one too. I like that, like a, a cock bearer. But I guess you can still bear a cock. It could be silicone too. So I mean, yeah, exactly. no no perfect way to talk about uh, people who have penises. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what we're talking about. It's yeah. always, this language is fluid as well. And it's, it's evolving all the time. And I think based on what I've heard out there from the, the education world, the sex educator world, that it will probably change this vulva owning, penis owning piece. But right now, that is what feels good for most folks. So uh, we'll take notes when that shifts. But cock bearers out there, cock listen bearers up. Cock like a ring bear at a wedding, though. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, dun, 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 dun. They're presenting the cock bearers. silicone dick. I know you still use it, though. So yeah, I, I, I like it. So, okay. But, but we're going to get to the full bodied orgasm piece. First, we're, I'm going to ask you about men in relationships. I'm just going to say men. Okay. However you identify, why is this confidence piece, the way they hold themselves in their relationship? Why is it important to embody confidence? Yeah. Well, I would say this in relationship, but also in dating and also in the bedroom in general, you know, we can, we, the general we can teach you all the tips, all the tricks, all the ideas, all the positions. And it, it really won't make a difference if you're still holding yourself in the same way that you were, right? If you're wanting to make changes, learning the tips and tricks don't really make the shift. It's so much more about where it's coming from 
deeper down, right? The, the way that you're holding yourself, the way that you, uh, the way that you're actually expressing those techniques or those tips and tricks, right? So when, if you're, if you learn some new technique and you try it out on somebody, but you're coming from this place of sort of feeling unsure, they're going to feel that through your touch. And that's what they're going to respond to. It's not the actual like way that you're stroking the clitoris as much as it is like the energy behind it, right? It's like the, the whole feeling behind it. It's so much more based on the state that you've gotten yourself into, which comes from a whole variety of things, but it's like the way that you masturbate, right? The way that you look at your emotions, the the way that you breathe, how centered and grounded you feel within yourself. So it's in order to actually make shifts in the way that you're sexually expressing, it's got to be a combination of finding your own comfort with it, finding your own confidence, developing your own practice to get into this sort of experience of uh, yourself as a sexually powerful or confident being, and then also understanding what your partner likes or might like, right? Understanding tips and tricks and tools and techniques, and then sort of combining those things. So it's this naturalness. And then from there, from your confidence, from your naturalness, from your centeredness, and, and from your honest, real personality, right? Then being able to do the things that they might like, or, or, you know, surprising new positions or whatever it is. So it's like finding that honest, real unbridled expression. And then it's almost like channeling that expression into the tips and the tricks and the things that your lover might like, right? Mm -hmm. So that you're actually coming with your full true self. I think about it like when people are really confident with a Rubik's cube and they show because I feel like sexuality in so many ways, because there's so many different experiences with different bodies and everything is always changing and shifting. So it is kind of solving a Rubik's cube. And you know, those people that go in confidently and they're like, Oh, I got this. And then they find different ways to master it faster. And I don't know if that resonates with you, Fabian, but to me, I'm like, Oh wow, that's badass. And we are all, our bodies are like, Rubik's cubes that are shifting all the time. So that's that. That's what I think of confidence going in with. Like, Rubik's no, I cubes. got this. I got this. I kind of know about this Rubik's cube. I, well, I was thinking also because we're so we're in the process of writing our book, and um, Midori has been a past guest, and she was talking about the, the Queen's Walk. I don't know if you remember this, April, but it, the Queen's Walk is what she says. So she invites people, and this isn't just for queens. It's just like what she 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 teaches a lot of femme dom stuff, but this is for anyone for dominance in general. Um, but like power, confidence. She says get in your most like slouchy you know shoulders forward let your neck everything just all droopy and then like put those shoulders up put your chest forward like really like put your head on top of your spine take a deep breath and then move from there but that's just one tiny piece because we're not talking just about stature here we're talking about confidence not just the way we look at you know it's the way that people show up so let's talk about this piece here sexual confidence how does this show up and enhance the way lovers can tend to their lovers, specifically speaking to penis owners, um, and how they can maybe attend to their pussy, pussy lovers? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, sexual confidence, for me, it's so much about knowing oneself sexually and being willing to shift and adjust based on the current moment. When we don't have sexual confidence, oftentimes we're like trying to think of all the things that we're supposed to be doing. We're trying to like remember this porn that we saw and we like thought that the person looked like she was enjoying it. And so you're right. It's like we're up here instead of in the body. And it's this like 
there's less of an attunement to the present moment. Whereas with confidence, not only is it this like embodied listening to what's happening, but it's also listening to what's needed. Like is a little bit more pressure needed is a little bit more forcefulness is more gentleness needed. And it's really, it involves and requires a lot more of that attuned listening. And also when you're confident, it's going to be a lot easier to take feedback, right? If your lover says a little more of this or a little less of this in whatever way, shape or form that they choose to express it, right? Maybe that's verbally, maybe it's not when there's more confidence, it's this ability to meet that and flow with it instead of totally shut down and be like, fuck, I did something wrong, which is also completely understandable, but it really helps in, in sex when there's this confidence to move with whatever's most alive. And then also to just, when you feel someone holding themselves in confidence with this, like I've practiced this, I've trained for this. Um, I know what I'm doing. I also am willing to say that when I don't know what I'm doing, there's such a trust in that. And, and there's, there's something like very palpable in that. And sexy too. Like, oh yeah. Someone not, and we're not just talking about skill, but like, I also can say when I'm, when I am kind of falling out of my presence or I can advocate for myself, I'm not like perfect. And I'm like, okay, great. You've, you've done, you know, you've studied, you've researched, you've practiced, and you can, I can rely on you to hold your boundaries. And also there's a safety for me to have mine too. I'm like, that's just hot. In my Exactly. Opinion. So is practice what it takes? And is it a practice of different techniques? Because you have these techniques, but it's also checking in with the person and patients from an acceptance from the person that is you're in partnership with or this experience with has to have an open mind to know that, hey, you might not know my body because I know my body and I'm going to work with you so we can uh, slide in and figure out. Uh, but I, I guess going in with confidence <laughs> is the piece that would make it more important rather than being confused. So what do you think about that? Is it is it yeah. like a two-way, three-way, four-way street? Five-way? <laughs> orgy? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it does depend on so many aspects, but in essence, it, it is about practice, right? I, uh, But it's also self-exploration. It's like practice, yes, physical training practice, but it's also the practice of getting to know yourself, of finding your insecurities and taking care of them, of witnessing the different parts of yourself and becoming more conscious and aware and, and learning to take care of yourself. And then from there, being able to build the confidence, if that makes sense. So it's sort of this, like taking care of the parts that don't feel confident internally going through your own inner work and then the practice of, of training. So when, for example, when my, if I have a client who, um, let's say ejaculates much more quickly than they would like, then, you know, the first thing that we'll do is really looking at, okay, well, let's, see where the shame is. Let's see where the story is. Let's see where you're getting in your head and, and all of the, these pieces. And then from there we'll train, right? We'll train physically, physiologically, we'll train your body to be able to, to last longer. So it's sort of a, a combination of like the inner shadowy work and then, and then like the actual physical training. Well, yeah, I think that's, it's all, oh, there's never a switch, right? It's always uh, the layers and the pieces. So why do so many men feel like they need to push their sexuality down, maybe for safety reasons or various reasons, whether it's the, the world today or the, too much porn watching where they are like, I can't perform like that. But why do you believe that they do push their sexuality down? Yeah, it's, well, it yeah. kind of seems like there's a, there's this side of like people that being afraid of being too much, too much like, like, or not enough. Yeah. yeah. And so I have to be like the nice guy or like the mm -hmm. safe guy. Cause if I go, if I am too confident to go too far, then it's, 
then my ego, then I'm going to yeah. be an asshole. Yeah. Or rapey. Totally. Sorry. Yeah. sorry brought that in but that's like I know that's a fear for people though like that the, embodying that so absolutely no and this is this is something that I see as one of the main issues right now especially in the world of men's sexuality is this like um, pushing down of sexual expression of sexual power based on the desire to be safe and I mean you just named a couple of the reasons right with we live in this environment where there's not a lot of there's there's quite a bit of talk on the the problematic issues of male sexuality with not a lot of uh, examples of healthy male sexuality totally. and so it's a really important piece to the healing of sexuality as a as humans so with like cancel culture and the me too movement you see like it's so understandable and then at the same time it's creating a lot of a lot of guys who want to be good guys who are good guys or or you know, want to be safe and perceived as safe, then are sort of like, well, I don't know what to do other than just kind of repress my sexuality, repress my sexual confidence, my sexual aggression, all of these really natural and also really sexy qualities, right? And, and it's, you know, it can be the sort of societal reasons, it can also be responses to unhealthy examples that, <clears throat> that they've seen, right, A, an unhealthy model of anger of, um, right. Maybe they saw anger in a way that caused harm for their entire life. And they're like, hell no, I will never be like that. So then you repress it, right. Including the healthy versions, or maybe you yourself have hurt, hurt somebody. And it's like, I'll never be unsafe again. And so then there's the guilt and the shame and the remorse. And then that sort of covers up the healthy, again, the like healthy primal mm -hmm. sexual instincts. Um, and then you add in like, you know, all of the unhealthy foods, the technology, the plastic, the, all of this stuff that's just making testosterone also go down. And um, it's just sort of like a perfect storm for big old mess. Yeah, <laughs> big, old mess. Yeah. big old confusing mess. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I have talked to a number of people subspeaking for, so we're talking about, you know, women or, or female identified folks who are in relationships with male identified folks and they want their man to be more dominant, more confident. And he, he's having a hard time embodying that because I, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. You know, I don't want to hurt you. And so my question around that is, so how can, uh, so for penis owning folks or, or male identified folks, how can they find their sexual power in a safe way? Like what can they do to uncover these parts of their sexuality that they've been burying? And then how can they maybe integrate it into their being as they are now? Totally. Yeah. It's such a good question. I think it's funny because like you're saying, I think so many you know, I'll say women right now, but so many people in general, they, we want more of that rawness of that primal of that sort of healthy aggression. Um, but then of course we also sometimes have our own triggers around it. And, but then at the same time, we want, we want examples of it and we want to feel that healthy aggression. And the interesting thing is that the safest guy is actually the one with an integrated sexuality an integrated aggression. So I think there are a few pieces here that are really, really helpful. And one is again, doing like shadow integration work, looking at the parts of you that you've pushed down that at some point you were like, I've got to put this away and doing your own sort of inner journey with that, whether that is like with your therapist or doing EFT, either whether that's by yourself or, or with a practitioner. What is EFT uh, again? EFT is the emotional freedom technique, the tapping. Oh, the technique. tapping. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's a specific tool that I use in my, with my clients and that I've found to be particularly helpful when, when done with, a, with, with a good practitioner. I also think creating safe 
containers for this expression, for, for anger, for rage, for aggression, for sort of primal rawness, creating these containers for this to be expressed through the body without inflicting harm, right? So allowing your body to move it, finding those healthy expressions. So maybe it's in your room with a bunch of pillows and you're like beating and fucking and screaming and just letting it express inside of a safe container, inside of a container where you're not hurting anybody. Mm. And what I recommend doing is doing that where you're just releasing and then doing it again and being in the full expression, but staying connected to your presence, staying connected to your heart so that you can start to experience what it's like to be in this, in this full expression, but then also really safe, right? In the safety of presence and love. Mm. So creating safe containers, doing the internal sort of shadow integration work. I'm a personal fan of mirror work, right? Like accessing that in front of the mirror and spending time with yourself in it. And then another piece that I will mention is, you know, it's so, so, so beautiful to be able to do this on your own, but lovership is also such a place where we can go into this. And when you are with a lover And you can, again, create that safe container for that expression. Something so, so, so healing happens. And I've seen this firsthand, right? Where if, let's say, in a heterosexual relationship with a man who's expressing his rage, anger, aggression, and a woman, and I'm using this as an example because I'll use sort of myself, my own relationship as an example here. When he is completely received in that full expression of rage or aggression by complete acceptance and love, Right. Again, this is if if he's doing this in a non-harmful way and in a way that's not blaming the other person or or you know physically harming without consent, it creates when you have this full expression of rage or shame or whatever it is, and you look up and you see the eyes of somebody unconditionally love or you know, fully loving you in that moment, something really, really deep happens in the system. And we can do all the inner work that and that you know, can, can get us so far, but there is something about meeting somebody in this space and healing it together and creating a space for it's safe for you to feel this. And I still love you. And I'm actually turned the fuck on by this. (laughs) So there's, there's also so much to be done in lovership, in partnership. It reminds me of people who are really quiet when they orgasm. I mean, you know, this is all, all bodies and, and and bits and genders who have been trained to like not make their neck sounds like that's the orgasm. And then you know <laughs> that, and I've had I've had partners where I'm like, just fucking roar, like let it out. You know, we don't. I'm not. I don't share walls with anyone here. Just and when they experience that, that they can actually just let go. Or also when I've been invited to do that, you know, to just like wail or roar or like cryogasms or or like I need to press pause because I'm having a process or you know, whatever, all these things. And then you met with someone who's like, it's, it's all good. Bring it. Like, I love this, this wildness of you. Uh, it's, it, I, I found it to be really healing. And I think I've, I've seen it be really healing for other people too. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel there's like something... there's, well, okay. Sorry. I, I don't want to interrupt you. you. You please continue that thought. Cause I have something I want to add to that after you're finished. I was just going to say that something that, that my partner says is he says, passion is harmonized rage. And of course, maybe not in every situation, but in certain situations, it's like that when you harmonize it, when you bring it into integrity, then it turns into this incredible passion. That's so sexy. I love your heart, your partner. Yeah. I never met your partner, but I love your partner. <laughs> you should trademark that. 
Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter, or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube, and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. So what I've found, and I've been surrounded by dudes my whole life. I grew up with an older brother and I, I have always had a lot of, of dude friends. I call men dudes all the time. I call my mom dudes sometimes as well. So bear with me. But April's kind of a dude what I, too. What I found is that for a lot of folks, like the rage sometimes isn't as hard because it shows they're masculine where they're like, oh, I'm going to fucking do it. Right. And, and not, I'm not saying out there beating people up. However, I feel like getting in tune with their sadness when, when they can let out because that for some people, it had let my 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 brother. He doesn't listen, so I can say this, and it's fine. But hey, he he is every time he cries in front of me. He's like, "I'm sorry. I don't want you to see me like this. It's so weak." And I'm like, "No, dude. I'm like, you're human, and you have to let those things out." And my dad too has cried, and he never cries. So it's it's this really interesting, I think, and maybe that's a Midwest thing, right? We're all from the Midwest, but but from what I've experienced, even men that I've been in relationship with have the the rage hasn't been as difficult to express. I feel like the sadness and that shame is harder. And I don't know if you've experienced that as well, but maybe it's all tied together. But what do you think about that? I completely agree. I find that the, 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 the sadness and the sort of like grief, and then also the, the aggression, specifically sexual aggression. So this is something I see with a lot of, a lot of my clients where they can do the like beating the pillow, but then when it comes to fucking the shit out of something, 
particularly if they're like being witnessed I mean it's like it's like no because I've hurt people or you know there's a there's a different uh there's a different quality to that sexual aggression and so um I find that that piece and then and then yeah the sadness and the grief and I actually oftentimes also encourage my clients to like self-pleasure and just like act out grief even if it's not coming naturally just like bring that expression in and and like uh it brings so much sexual power when you have the capacity to bring all emotions. Cause you can't shut down one thing without shutting, you know, slightly dimming down everything else. You're all so bringing, yeah. Bringing it all online is like the most sexually powerful thing that you can do. I think it reminds me of the, I won't use names or anything, but April and I were um, having a cocktail with someone that we knew and um, he, dude, a dude, a dude, a dude, a dude we knew. And we thought he's always been a great guy. And he, I, you know, we have a tendency, you probably do too, to bring out conversations around sexual sexuality and childhood wounding. Unintentionally. Maybe. Unintentionally, just <laughs> it just comes up. But not everyone wants to enter it. But this person that we really, you know, really already appreciated and, and liked just opened up so deeply about a whole bunch of their childhood, you know, hurt and pain and, and trauma. And for us, and we were, we're not, we were not about to have sex with this person. Like this is just the, this is a friend, but for us we're like oh my god, we just fell in love with you even more. Thank you. You know it's an honor to receive. And he wasn't crying. You know he wasn't showing rage. He was just sharing information. It was very deep. And it just for for us we're like you, you know you're a friend and now you like kind of went up a notch and now we feel even closer to you. And you know and thank you so much. I think April was crying actually. She may have had some tears. Yeah. yeah because it was. I mean it, it is beautiful to see a man. You know a, a penis owning you know, straight man who's like. I'm going to share these really heavy parts of myself just openly with y'all. And we're like, wow, this is, this is, I can feel my heart is now. And part of the practice though is if, if you are receiving this information, part of the practice, if you are listening to someone, isn't to try to fix them. I always yeah. compliment them for sharing such a vulnerable piece about themselves. And, and I don't do any fixing like, well, now what are you going to do about that? How it's, about some therapy? therapy? Right, yeah. right. So it's if you are bearing witness to someone and they are sharing this deep part of themselves, just listen. And I, I always just give gratitude. And I think you that's did. the most yeah. powerful. And I said, thank she, you. And then I started yeah. crying. I was yeah, like, just, yeah. She was like, thank you so much. I'm just crying. Just like, and then, then we're, I, we, I messaged him later that day. I was like, well, I officially love you now. And I'm, you know, and I, I, mean, I loved him, but like, I, I'm like, okay, you're, you're like, you know, you're a whole piece of place in my heart because I, now I know who you are, right? Like right. But the presentation that we can give this kind of, not like superficial, but when we get to know, and it's not like we tell, tell go, you know, well, April and I tell the world about our drama because we have shameless sex, but I'm not saying go like tell everyone about all these things, but I think especially in loverships too, when you share those, those deeper parts parts of yourself. Um, a lot can happen there as long as the other person can hold that. The hope is that they can and you don't get shamed for it. Now, if you do, that's a whole different thing. We have podcasts for that. So, um, and people like yeah. Fabienne and Fabienne to work with. Yeah. Yes. Then go, yeah. So go high and we'll talk about how you can go work for Fabienne. So <laughs> we haven't yeah, talked and- about the, sorry, Fabienne, I keep interrupting you. I hate that. <laughs> I get so excited. It's Zoom. You know, the, the last thing that I was going to say about that piece is just that the, exactly what you're saying is there's this like, when you, when, when someone is in their expression, whether that is rageful or sad, or just talking about something really vulnerable, there's something so empowering usually to them when they are not only just listened to, but also like, thank you so much for being vulnerable or like, 
you know, or, or I am so grateful for your openness, or I'm really impressed by how, um, you know, your self-awareness or your ability to hold yourself in this. And there's something so empowering in receiving that kind of feedback. And there, it actually like encourages more of it in a really vulnerable and again, like pretty sexy way oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now is the time to just free yourself. Free yourself for <laughs> those things. Today is the day. Today is the day. <laughs> today, finally. And I'm one time so, only. One time only. Get it now. Well, it's so we're going to talk about full-bodied orgasms right now because it's a really exciting topic about just in general about how penis owners can even have those or how they can get there. So full-bodied orgasms. What are your top tips? Uh, how <laughs> penis owners can learn how to have more full-bodied orgasms now. <laughs> La- um, laughter's the first key. Okay. Yeah, yeah, honestly, the first key, it does encourage neuroplasticity. Highly recommend laughing as much as possible, especially when you're training your psyche and your body to do different things. Um, we're doing we're doing it right over here. Cool. Yeah, so know. straight up. <laughs> yeah. So with you know, I'll speak to full-bodied orgasms and semen retention. We talked a lot about semen retention and why to do that. And there are so many different reasons why to do that. And full-bodied orgasms is one of the sort of cousins of semen retention. And by that, I mean, they oftentimes intermingle, right? <laughs> Which, yeah, cousins maybe isn't the right term for those who do intermingle. Hmm. But, yeah. um, <laughs> third cousins, third cousins? Third some, cousins. Some people are still hanging out with their cousins in close ways. It's cool. Okay, no judgment. What about, what about oh. step? Their step? There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're getting, we'll get there. Um, but essentially, full body orgasms, sexual or semen retention, it can be a way to just be able to last longer, to have sort of more motivation and inner power, but also it opens up these doors for different kinds of orgasmic experiences. And, um, I've definitely heard a lot of guys who are in partnership with women say like, Oh, I wish I could have an orgasm like her. I wish I could, you know, she just goes off for like five, 10 minutes. I wish I could. I'm like, you can, but, but first you're going to have to do some, a little bit of training probably for some people. It's super, super natural, but with the full bodied orgasms, one of the main ways of being able to access that is well, I'll, I'll sort of give there sort of two categories here. And one is like general things that you can do in sex to sort of expand your orgasmic experience. And then the other is to like actually train for non-ejaculatory or full-bodied uh, orgasms. So in general, to sort of expand towards that, I would say like breathe, relax and express yourself. So like deep belly breaths where you're like really breathing all the way into the belly, breathing up through the body, through the fingers and the toes really what you can visualize is spreading the sexual energy from your cock, from your pelvis and your whole pelvic floor area into the rest of your body. So breathing uh, into everywhere else, relaxing the body, right? Because when you're not relaxed, then the sexual energy just sort of gets clogged in the, in the pelvis and then it has nowhere else to go but out. Whereas when you relax specifically like the glutes, the abs, the thighs, the hips, when you relax and it allows the, it allows the sensations to move up through your body. You might feel like tingling in your hands, buzzing in your head and also expression. So moving your body, you might actually even like touch up your body. You might touch the rest of your, the, you know, your upper body, your arms, your nipples, your head. And that actually brings the awareness and the sexual turn on 
into other parts. Uh, it sort of like brings everything online. And then also in that expression sounding, like when you sound it, and I feel like we might've talked about this in the last, in the last episode, but when you sound it, gives that pleasure expression. And this is another thing that really helps to draw, draw it from this like really localized, like <laughs> into this, like, uh, like moving through the whole body. And it feels so, so, so different. So breathing, relaxing, expressing through movement, through touch, through sound, like really, it's almost like anything that you can think of that would feel like moving it through your body probably will help move it through your body, like moving, undulating, touching other parts of your body. Roaring. It, roaring for sure. Yeah. And then in terms of really like training for it, right. Practicing edging, bringing yourself close to orgasm and then backing away and doing this, you're actually expanding your capacity and you're building more of that energy of that sexual energy in your body, doing sublimation practices where you're circulating the energy through your body, using breath techniques, pelvic floor squeezing techniques. So there are all sorts of other tools that you can sort of implement in to, to build that. Um, on top of just sort of the general ways while making love. So you talked about semen retention in the last episode. I don't remember the number of the last episode, but everyone, if you just look up semen retention, I think it's the title of the episode with Fabienne. When we're speaking to people with penises who have full-bodied orgasms, is it generally in the process of not ejaculating and then they're having that like five minute or 15 minute or like what feels like 15 different orgasms over 15 minutes, but there's not ejaculation happening? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that what you're speaking to? It can be, but also you can have a full-bodied orgasm that is also ejaculatory. But oftentimes, at least in my experience with, with working with men, it's been more so people who are practicing at least some level of semen retention. So they're not ejaculating as often as usual. And then they're sort of building more of that sexual energy and simultaneously doing practices to move it through the body. So it's not as much around the specifically ejaculating or not as it is building more of that sexual energy and allowing it to move through the body. Yeah, I would say any of these tools, breath, relaxation, this like sounding, edging, all of this can be used by anybody actually. Like we're talking specifically about cock bearers right now, but really these are these are the tools for everybody. They're going to look a little bit different in the way that they're put into practice, but but these are I would say like the tools for everybody. The golden ticket like exactly. Willy Wonka. Oh, I've got to go. I guess I have a terrible accent. I won't even try. No, that. it's a lovely Chicken. accent. Through uh, <laughs> <laughs> breath, expression, and relaxation. This is true. I like I that. It's it's interesting because growing up, everything was always, especially with sex, you were talking to, to tighten tense, mm -hmm. uh, like tighten your pussy. And I don't know what, what, for penis owners what they were taught, but time and time again, when we have experts on the show talking about these things, it's about relaxation and release. And so it's the opposite. And I still find myself tensing the fuck up when I'm like during sex. I'm like, why do I do it's like conditional. So it's it's really cool because relaxing already sounds so nice anyway. So it's like <laughs> that's gonna help me have full body orgasm. Hell yes. And oh. I love that. And then breathing sounds so simple because we do it every day. However, there's just different ways to work the breath. So yeah, you're like, so don't hold that breath. It's it's and it's oh. incredible because you realize how often you were inhibiting yourself or holding that breath or tensing up when you start to realize you're doing the, the 
practices that will help you move into the direction of learning how to unlock the Rubik's Cube. I have a, qu- I have a question for both of you, if you've if experienced this for both the, you, the, the two of you. For me, what, when I'm, what I've discovered in the last year is my um, best orgasms are on my exhale um, and, and not on my inhale or not, or, or I can hold my breath and feel it like starting to build up, but in the, I'm like, okay, orgasm's coming. It's coming. I hold my breath and deep inhale. And then when I exhale and I, and I, and then even holding my breath on the exhale can lead to this powerful orgasmic place. Do you ever experience that? Is that a thing? Oh, and I also, I love that you have that awareness. I love that you've like, <laughs> took me a while. Stayed, so 36 years to so get there. present. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not aware at all. Everyone's I'm like, gonna go try it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, is that tensing can feel really good. Tensing can be really, really pleasurable. And it's more so like if you are wanting to tense your body, what I would recommend doing is like doing these little pulsations where the intention is really, okay, I can tense, but it's to like, it's to almost like build and pump the energy rather than just like I'm holding on for dear or like trying to push over into something and actually like letting it happen. And it's exactly what you're saying about that, like orgasm on the exhale, where it's like the body almost like softens mm-hmm. even more deeply. And in that softness, then it can move through yeah. the body in such a powerful way. Yeah. I'll try that tonight. Try it, April. (laughs) You got homework, girl. Well, Fabian, we love having you every single time I see you because you've only been on the show. This is the second time, but every time I get to hang out with you and see you, I just enjoy your presence because you're so incredible. So thank you for sharing uh, today uh, a little bit about this topic. How can people, if they want to learn more about you or they want to work with you, if they want to find you, what's your address and your social security (laughs) number? And your credit score. Just kidding. How can they how can they find Fabian? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you both so much. It was just so fun to talk to both of you. I love you. And it's such a such a joy to get to chat about these things. Um and yeah, so to find me, you can check out my website, which I believe you already said and is linked, uh Fabianamique.com. You can also find me on Instagram, which is at Fabianamique. And then um, how people can work with me. I do work with one-on-one clients in in containers. I also am doing a sort of special one-off thing for people who really want to get back in touch with their sexual power. That's just like a an, one extra long session where we really dive into that. And then I also have courses. So I have a course on sexual self-mastery. That's a 12-week course. I have a mini version of that. That's like a foundationals of sexual mastery. That's sort of a more self-paced, smaller, much smaller version um, to give you some tools. And then I also have a dating course of like how to actually do the thing in a way that feels really good and, and creates the kind of relationship we actually want. No, we got to have you back on the show to talk about that one next time. (laughs) (laughs) And you work with people anywhere in the world because it's all online, Mm -hmm. right? I do work in person as well, but I live in a tiny town up in the mountains. So it's, I mostly work online for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You're pretty remote. So, well, we love you, Fabian. Thank you so much for sharing all of your amazing wisdom and to all of you out there, you know the drill. I am going to invite you to give us five stars. If you like the show and what we do on iTunes and now on Spotify, you can also review us and rate us. And all that does is not only helps Amy and I just feel like we are changing the world one orgasm at a time, but it helps people find folks like Fabienne and helps people have more full-bodied orgasms and drop into that 
fucking Rubik's Cube solving. So <laughs> go ahead here. and check us out. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Shameless Sex Podcast. And we got TikTok rocking too. And we're, we do some funny shit on there, let me tell you. And that's at, at Shameless Sex. So check us out. And we love each and every one of you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.